Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Tuesday. Yes, it's Tuesday. Yes, it is. What's happening? What's going on? Hey, you know, man. Just happy to be here. Happy to be alive. Feeling blessed, black, and highly favored this morning, per usual. Yes. Yeah, shout out to uh, everybody out in Atlanta. I was out in Atlanta for All Star. I uh, had about seven shows. Uh, it was It's really good to be back working. I, like, I really enjoy working, being a DJ. And it's nothing better than going to a club and and, and uh, somebody might be going through stress or somebody just want to just get away and, and, and be able to guide the crowd. So shout out to everybody in Atlanta. Shout out to uh, BQE, which is one of my favorite restaurants, and Slush. Uh, shout out to Sweet, Tori, and Daryl who listen to the Breakfast Club every morning. I just want to say thank you guys for having me out in Atlanta. I had a great time. Did your vaccine hold up? Did the vaccine, uh, <laughs> you know, did, did the vaccine uh, stay on, or did it wear off like some, you know, twenty-four hour deodorant? No, no, no. The vaccine was good money. Um, I took my rapid test yesterday, which came back everything was clear. Um, okay. So they said the vaccine. They said when you take the first shot after, I believe it's seven days, you're eighty-five percent efficient, and then after the second shot, it's ninety-six percent. So I feel good. I took my shots. You know, still double masked up. Uh, when I was walking in and out the club, but when I got my own section, I took my mask off. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in my own section. Now, but I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, I was looking at uh, the new CDC guidelines yesterday. Those new yep. CDC guidelines look really enticing to go get that shot, baby. Yeah, I took. We'll talk about it in front page news. You took both shots already? No, I get the next shot uh, next week, and then I'll be I'm 96 lie, my, to 97 percent, I believe. My uncle ended up getting COVID after he got vaccinated. Hey, go, hey, so, go to party pool. That's one thing. That's one thing. But hey, but they did say pool. you're not. They, they did say <laughs> that you're not fully vaccinated until two weeks after the sec after the second dose if you get Moderna or Pfizer, and then two weeks if you just get the first dose of Johnson, the one dose of Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, that's what I said. Eighty five percent after the first one, and then uh, ninety six or ninety seven percent after the second one. They say a lot of people don't go back for the second one because they said the second one is the one that really puts you on your ass, even though it's the same shot. It's just a booster shot, but they say the second one is the one that really sometimes makes people sick for a second or, you know, gives people a fever or something, whatever it may be. But, but that's the yeah. one you want, though, if you want to go see grandma again, right? Yeah, my parents got both shots. Uh, they're good. It's been two weeks since they got their second shot, so I'll get to see them again. They'll get to come back in the crib and we'll be able to do dinners and all that. So, like yeah, I said, I was going to get my shot. Gia got her shot, so we all right over yeah, here. Yeah, they say if you're fully vaccinated, you can uh, visit indoors with, with other people who are fully vaccinated that's right yeah and people who are unvaccinated that are healthy you just got yep. social mm-hmm. distance wear masks yeah yeah so i mean but like i said it protects you from uh you know carrying it and giving it you know giving it to other people and it also makes sure that if you do get it it doesn't you know hit you where you are hospitalized or die so they said even with now the I first thought shot they were saying they didn't know if 
You can still be a carrier. Go these fake Fauci. You can still pass it. I'm just, you know, I'm reading the CDC guidelines. Let's go fake Fauci. Let's go. Let's spread some misinformation this morning. So you're saying that you can? You're saying that you can? I don't. I mean, I'm reading the CDC guidelines. They're saying they don't know if you can pass it if you're. I'm telling you what my doctor told me, and I went to numerous. But you know, it is what it is. But you still got to be careful. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Drums. Hold. Read that drum. What did it say? I'm just saying. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, a person who is vaccinated against COVID-19 can still be infected with or carry the virus that causes right. COVID-19. Sounds to me like we need to bring on an expert. Yeah, sounds like That's that to all. me too. Shut yeah. up, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring on the all expert. Right. All right, well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? Well, I was going to start with what the guidelines are for people who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19 from the CDC. All right. You guys still not getting your shots? I know, I know you I don't, guys. We're like, not no, eligible. We're we can't get them yet. No, but I know you. I know you. Well, we'll talk about it later. All right. Front page news next is the Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting? Well, just yesterday, the CDC has issued their first set of guidelines on how fully vaccinated people can visit safely with others. So you can visit with other fully vaccinated people indoors without wearing masks or staying six feet apart. So that's if everybody's vaccinated. You can visit with unvaccinated people from one other household indoors without wearing masks or staying six feet apart if everyone in the other household is at low risk for severe disease. And you can refrain from quarantine and testing if you don't have symptoms of COVID-19 after contact with someone who has COVID-19. Now, they consider you fully vaccinated two weeks after receiving the last required dose of the vaccine. And they are saying right now, less than 10% of the U.S. population has been fully vaccinated with a COVID-19 vaccine that the FDA has authorized for emergency use. But they did say that fully vaccinated people should continue to take COVID-19 precautions because uh, when visiting with unvaccinated people from multiple other households and when around unvaccinated people at high risk. So still wear that mask, still stay six feet from people you do not live with, avoid medium and large sized in-person gatherings, get tested if you have COVID-19 symptoms and make sure you follow guidance issued by individual employers and follow the CDC and health department travel requirements and recommendations. By the way, that's the sales pitch. If you want to get people to take the vaccine, that's how you do it. If you haven't seen your parents or grandparents in months and then you lay those guidelines lines out that's how you get people to run out there and go get that vaccine but the scary part is they seem like they change everything every couple of weeks of course like, you know what i mean the cdc oh, yeah, they're like, still researching they, yeah but that's the scary part because they say this one time and now they say this another time well, then they'll part, say this one time well, then they'll say this another. it's very scary because you don't know what to believe well that's because all of y'all are part of the research if you've gotten yeah. the shot yeah, it's still new yeah they're monitoring y'all over the next you know 30 days 60 days to see what happens that's all yeah, they yeah, say they don't know Atlanta how long. The shot, though. I just want to let you know that. Yeah, right. Everybody in Atlanta no. got the vaccine. Ah. That's straight herd immunity down there in Atlanta. That's all that is. All right. Now, as you know, yesterday was International Women's Day and Burger King is under fire for this post. Burger King UK. They posted women belong in the kitchen. Now, yeah, but you got to read the rest, though. I am. I'm about to. Oh. oh. Now, they were trying to get attention for a campaign that they were doing. Actually, they said if they want to, of course, after that, yet only 20 percent of chefs are women. We're on a mission to change the gender ratio in the restaurant industry by empowering female employees with the opportunity to pursue a culinary career. We are proud to be launching a new scholarship program, which will help female Burger King employees pursue their culinary dreams. What's wrong with that? Yeah, I don't eat Burger King having it in years, but that's slick marketing. I mean, you yeah, start with was, a headline. I thought that was great. You start with a headline that catches people's eyes 
guys because you know that 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 term, you know, women belong in the kitchen has been infuriating for years. So you catch them with that, and then you say, well, of course, if they want to, then you break down the rest. I thought that was great well, marketing. Yeah. One person who is an associate professor at Georgetown University of Continuing Studies said, if you want to use sexism as clickbait, then you obviously are not celebrating International Women's Day. Another person said Burger King had the perfect setup to go with Burger Queen for the day, but chose to publicly execute their social media people instead. Well, it's a bait and switch, right? That's what it was. It was I a bait and switch. switch. I thought they are giving away scholarships. What's I... Yeah, I don't think uh, it was the most clever way to do it, but you know, they hey, kind of lose the candy. Women it, belong it, in the kitchen. It worked. Everybody talking about it. It did yeah, work. Not in a great way. <laughs> like, hey, they're not going to stop eating Burger King, I, even though I haven't eaten it in years. Well, but, uh, <laughs> I, I was never Burger King. We don't fan. have choices of where we can go eat. So you saying we should boycott Burger King for this? No, I'm oh. just saying you can't say no one's going to stop. Some people might. Nah, I mean they should, but not for the, the reasons. <laughs> not because of that. Uh, that because of that headline. But that's it's a bait. You can't and take switch. your customers for granted if people felt like okay, that was awful. I just thought it was a bait and switch. I thought so too. Made people talk about it because usually we wouldn't talk about Burger King. That was the last time we talked about Burger King. Mm-hmm. Mm. See. Yeah, I don't know. Leading with something negative just to get people to talk about you is always the best That's idea. That's the era we live in. That is not, everything. That's every media outlet. That's every blog post. That's people. That's what they do. For whatever reason, that's just the era we live in. Why? I do not know. We For the last 10 years, though. Oh it's not God. like it just started. Absolutely. It's, How do you think TMZ and all these other people came up? All these blogs. All, every single Every blog that you follow. That's how it starts. All right. well, that is your front page news. I'm going back to sleep. Y'all too woke this morning. <laughs> Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Again, the number is 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Hi, my name is Annie. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Annie. Hey, Annie. Hey, so my thoughts are uh, with a lot of people that I see every day in the world. I'm a truck driver, and I go through a lot of inner cities, and I see a lot of hopeless people. I just want people to, you know, know that there's always hope and that if you lean on your spirit, that you can make it through whatever you're going through through the course of the day or life. I've been on my own since the age of 11. I've been a victim of child abuse as well as rape. Mm. Uh, I dropped out of school at an early age. I got my administrative assistant certification, a CNA, and now I'm a truck driver. I make over $90,000 a year, but I got that because I never lost hope and I never lost the will. And I leaned on my spirit of understanding, not what society shows you, but what you have inside of you. If you dare to seek a better understanding than what the everyday society shows you, you'll be amazed at what you can see, what you can feel, what you can be. And I just want to encourage everybody that's, you know, not encouraged in this day to just never give up on yourself. Never let society dictate what your life is going to be. Dare to push forward no matter what. Therapy was good to me. I identify with that. Uh, as far as you're concerned, Charlemagne, I did it for four years, and it allowed me to get over all the things that I went through because I let what people done to me 
hold me back. Mm. But at the therapy, I'm at peace. Like, I have a peace of mind. I remember going through the mountains driving. And I just felt, I got out and I was viewing the mountains and I just felt like some chains fell off of me. Like mm. I had released myself from everything that everybody had done to me. That's but beautiful. I pushed forward. I fought. I fought. You have mm -hmm. to fight and you have to seek past what you see and what people show you. It's so much to this world and to this life that our people in the inner city dare to go out and check it out. It's just amazing to me how can we are and I just don't want our people to be that way. Let's we go. are naturally queens and kings and we just gotta step up and be able to identify with that. It's us. This is our power. Let's go. We are some of the most powerful people in this All world. Right. And together we cannot Nothing can hold us back. Well, I'm like, glad. I'm, us back. I'm glad you went to therapy because so, I always tell people if you don't deal with your trauma, your trauma will deal with you. That's why I go to therapy once a week, baby. So I'm glad that therapy um was very beneficial to you. Man, it was excellent. I remember my last therapy session. My, my, cause I went into the thing thinking I was crazy. Like, yo, is it me? Am I tripping? And so when I shared my story, what now, did now, said, now, I'm gonna start charging you by the hour now if you go any longer now. <laughs> okay, don't make me charge you by the hour. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, man, I just hope what I shared that people get up today and want to fight for yes. what. You know, Love. they really want it. Like, That's right. nobody can't be millionaires, but we can live, That's you right. know, in, in, in an everyday life. You know Love, what I'm saying? Love, queen. So I just want to share that. Love to y'all, kings and queens. God damn, drum! Why you cut off, drum? Wow, you just hung drum. up. What? Drum, don't come be on, like man. that now, that drum. A, that was Jesus. That's inspirational, man. That's positive. If, nah, if she was talking nastiness and horrible and beefing, you would have left her on. We apologize for Dramos. We Dramos needs therapy. Clearly. Oh my God. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up! Wake up! Wake your ass! This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Good morning. Hey, what's up, Deacon Envy? What's up, brother? Good morning. Chillin', chillin'. Just wanna, um, before I get it off my chest, just want to uh, rep uh, my hood, Washington Heights, 191 Dark Side, baby. So, uh, DJ Envy, I just want to say I agree with Angela, what she was saying earlier. You know, she was upset or she, you know, about the Burger King, the whole situation. And I think you guys are taking it too serious. I, I think it was very faithful and it was it, it was not you know, it was it was it was not classy at all what uh, with that um I, I just think that if it if you guys are not taking it too serious and if it's more uh, something like more racial, like it was, it was like something uh, against African Americans or people, I think you guys would uh, agree that it, it very distasteful and even if it works even if it's clickbait it's like just don't do that i think little girls are listening you know and and they're hearing this and when they see stuff like that or they hear you know women stay in the kitchen i don't think that's right you know so but what should what should what should we do well you know what i i think you guys not you know not just brush it off it just sounds like you guys just brush it off like like you know it works, you know, it sells. But i don't think that's right you, did, you, know? you still ain't tell us what we should do what what you should do yeah, what should be the what should be the the, the consequences for that? Um, I mean, just, you could just call it out. Boycott? I don't know about boycott because I don't know anybody that still eats Burger King. <laughs> yeah, but, but Burger, you could just but, call, you could just call it out instead of making it seem like it's a normal is, that, cool thing. That wasn't Burger King's message. Yeah, Burger King's know, message is trying to help women who want to get in the culinary 
Yeah, feel. You know what? Like that's what they, they want to do. do. So they're trying to give. You know, we're not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't boycott somebody that's trying to help women. Maybe their way of advertising was wrong and effed up. And we all have opinions on if we like things or not. But I thought their whole goal was to try to help women who want to get in the culinary field. That's what I thought they well, were listen, doing by giving it, money. Out. Here's the thing: if women tell me that they're offended by it, they're offended by it. Correct. So I mean, there's nothing we can say about that. But I, I wonder who was behind it. What if a woman created that campaign? What if a woman who works for Burger King create actually because a woman could still it? get it get it wrong? I mean, nobody's saying to boycott, but you can call out things that you're like that was distasteful. Yeah, that not, wasn't the proper way to go about it. And don't just brush it off. Like you know, it's, it, it was very distasteful. Okay, thank you, brother. That's how I feel about all Burger King food at this point. It's just distasteful. You <laughs> shut up, man. Hello, who's this? Here, what's up, MV? Travis. Hey, Trav. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna let you know you did an amazing job. Yesterday, without the guys there. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It was in, um, International Women's Day, so the women took over. Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, I didn't know. Did you know that um, Morris Chestnut was in the movie Boogie? Yeah, he was playing the um, the, the 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 coach for Georgetown that came to sit down and um, try to recruit Boogie. Yeah, I was watching. That. I was like, "What's oh, that?" I wonder if Charlamagne knew that. Um, where Chestnut was in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> Absolutely. <You> better knew stop. That. <laughs> But I was calling to let y'all know to keep me in y'all thoughts. Um, I'm down in Virginia, you know, my, my, my hometown for the week. Um, my little sister's headstone came. So oh, we're going out man. there this weekend mm. to go um, put it down and stuff, man. And just, you know, that, that, that part where it finally comes. We're praying for I'm you, sorry, my brother. Man, I know brother. you got to relive that trauma all, all over again. Trav, yeah, I always keep you in like, my prayers. It's, it's just a little weird, like, coming home and... You know, walking past her bedroom and she not being here, little stuff like yeah. that. Man. Well, I'm gonna keep you in my prayers, Trav. Just, to, just uh, hopefully, hopefully you smile, knowing that I'm on my knees. You know, talking about you. <laughs> oh my goodness, man! You don't stop, man. <laughs> Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up now. We got rumors on the way. Yes, and let's talk about Atella, who is writing a book about Kanye West. All right, we'll get into it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Vanessa Bryant. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, it's a win for Vanessa Bryant. She has won the case to get the names of the four L.A. County Sheriff De uh, Department deputies who allegedly took or shared photos of the scene of the helicopter crash that killed uh, Kobe Bryant. Boy, they all going to need name changes. That's not what you want uh, when you live in L.A. Yeah, and they're going to be released to Vanessa Bryant. I don't it know what's going to happen with that information after that, but she, she be says they the must be held accountable. Yeah, she they should be released to the public. If you get arrested, they release your name to the public. So but, they definitely should be released. Well, the names are being released. And, they are, and Vanessa's going to put them out on social media and every fast food restaurant in um, Los Angeles is going to have their name on the list. Stupid. And when they when they order food, <laughs> watch. All right. Now, as you know, yesterday was International Women's Day and Katie Couric was the first female Jeopardy host on International Women's Day. She started her two week run as a guest host. And that's the first time they've ever had a woman host the show. OK, that's a That's a big deal. Has there been a host and, um, since Alex Trebek? I had the show been on hiatus. I don't know. Um, Yeah, they had uh, the executive producer, Mike Richard, had taken over the hosting duties. Oh, OK. 
I know they had like a, a, a bunch of episodes with him still hosting, but I, I'm sure that's that's over. They had now, it recorded right? already, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's over now. All right, now Swizz Beats and Timbaland had posted on Instagram about Versus. They now have a partnership with social media app Triller. So they uh, posted about that by the artist for the artist with the people. Hashtag Versus Triller. Life begins after your comfort zone. Let's go. Thanks for all your support. What's the Shout details? What's, 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 what's the details of the? Of the situation. Do we have any? All right. Well, nope. Don't have no details. Just saw the post on both Swizz's and Instagram and Timbaland's Instagram pages. And it's the same post. So okay. we shall see what's going to happen now. Shout out to All those right brothers, now. man. They're doing a lot of moves and they're doing a lot of things for the culture, even behind the scenes of what they're doing. Swizz does a lot. Mm-hmm. That is my, that brother is my inspiration. I speak to him periodically. I try to call him as much as possible and just listen to him talk. But he does so much for the culture, and, and I love it, man. Uh, Swiss is a good brother. Swiss is my, my my first big industry check came because of Swiss Beats. So drop on the clues, boss, for Swiss. And shout out to Swiss. All right, Amy Schumer was on Paris Hilton's podcast, This Is Paris. And she talked about some of the scariest uh, parts of her dating history. In particular, she reveals an ex-boyfriend who was abusive toward her and how she had gotten a pattern of dating guys that... Uh, you know, they were so funny and brilliant and she felt she didn't deserve to be with them, but they just weren't that nice to her. Here's one situation she talks about. Like, I remember one time we were like at a gas station, this guy, and I picked, I got out of the car and I like kind of picked my wedgie. And he was like, that's so gross when you do that. Like, that makes me sick. And he was a photographer at the time. And he'd be like, my ex-girlfriend would have done this so well. And, you know, all of that up to the point of really wanting to hurt me and chasing me with a knife. Or one time I was in the shower and he just opened the shower curtain and he just laughed at me. And he, I think he peed on me. He peed on me in the shower while he was laughing at me. So, Angelique, you trying to tell me that was Paris Hilton talking just now? No, that's Amy Schumer on oh. Paris Hilton's podcast. Okay. All right. <laughs> Yeah, so that was her uh, discussing some of her relationships that she's been in and she's grown from that. She said this was in her 20s, though. Mm. And so she excused a lot of that behavior like, oh, he's just really scared to lose me. Um, Now, Eddie Murphy looks back on some of the worst movies that he's been in and why he actually took an acting hiatus. He was discussing on the WTF podcast why he has only appeared in one film from 2012 to 2018. Because I had stopped making movies in 2011. I was like, let me take a, a break from movies. So I was making movies. And it was like, this ain't fun. They're they giving, me, giving me Razzies. I think the motherfucker gave me a, the worst actor ever, Razzies. I'm it was like, hey, maybe it's time, maybe it's time to take a break. <laughs> well, some, some would say he may need to take a break after watching uh, Coming to America, the sequel. Some think it's a terrible movie. It's got mixed reviews, but you know what? It got the most viewers for streaming film launch of the past year, according to a ratings firm. So they said it set a pandemic era record. So in its first weekend on Amazon Prime, it was the most watched streaming film since movie there just closed due to COVID-19 nearly a year ago. Yeah, we all see the movie. Did did everybody see the movie? What you you guys thought? Well, you know, we saw it a while ago, but then I watched it again this weekend. I watched it again this weekend and I fell asleep on it. Um, It's not it's not. The problem with coming to it's America too is that it's not a great story. Okay, they uh-huh. aim for the funny instead of crafting a great story. And Eddie's movies are usually just a great story, and the funny is in it because you know the people in it are funny. They seem to aim for funny first with coming to America too, and it just seems like a parody of the first movie. 
That's what it seems like. I, I, it was okay. I didn't enjoy it. I was so excited. You know, Coming to America is my favorite movie ever. So I was very excited to watch this well, movie. And I was a little disappointed. Well, I'm not it's, it's weird, right? Because I can see why it had mixed reviews because it made me feel good. Correct. The, the nostalgia of it made me feel good. But it's just like... Very corny. They tried to make it funny. Like when <laughs> I seen funny. Wesley Snipes coming out dancing, I was like, mm. very corny. <laughs> Once again, it made me feel good. It's just very corny. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. Did you see it? I saw half of it. I started watching it, but then why did everybody I, say that? Because <laughs> I didn't finish thing. it. I saw. Uh, I'm not saw gonna it. lie. I was. I put it on because I wanted to watch it, but I was also in the middle of doing some work. I'm taking some classes online so i was trying to multitask and i got distracted now with that said right because i've heard a lot of people say what you just said is watching movies at home a good experience see when you go to a it's theater, hard for me sometimes yeah when you go to a theater you gotta commit like what? you gotta sit there watch the screen eat your snacks when you at home you might be on your phone you might That's be a lot getting though, up to there's... go do stuff how many times have we binged something where we watched 10 episodes or four episodes back to back because it was that entertaining? I have that to focus. I got to focus. Word it, up. It's just hard when you're at home and you know you have stuff to do. So Word you're up. trying to handle different things. You're like, okay, House I'm going to wash came dishes on. while I watch that. House Party came on the other night and I watched that in full because it was entertaining. That I could But I agree watch. with when you're in the movies, you put your phone away because you're not right. allowed to have your phone out and you know you don't want it to light up the whole theater. Right. So you really do commit. It's a different I might have fell focus. asleep on that movie in the, in, in the theaters. I ain't going to front. I'd have been snoring. Wow. I think so. And uh, I don't know. Right, I can well, still watch Coming to America part. now. Yeah, like I said, it made me feel good, but it's just, it was just corny. It was a little disappointing. Yeah. All I'm right. going to watch the whole thing this week sometime. <laughs> no, you're not. You're going to fall asleep. Yes, I am. I am. I am. All right. Well, we got our front page news next. What are we talking about? Well, a judge has permanently dismissed charges against Kenneth Walker. That is Brianna, that is Brianna Taylor's boyfriend. The fact that he even had charges against him in the first place is ridiculous, but we'll talk about it. All right, we'll get into it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. I just want to let y'all know the tea that Angela Yee tells behind the scenes. Goodness gracious. Hey, All I right. keep my mouth shut on, in public. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to the uh, front page news. Where are we starting? Well, let's start with uh, billions in a restaurant relief, and that is going to be happening Saturday. They decided the uh, Senate passed a $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief package that also increased a grant program for restaurants that increased that program to $28.6 billion. So for them, for a lot of the restaurants and bar owners, they've been fighting for government assistance since last year in April. Now they feel like there's some progress in their battle. On yeah, goddamn it, drums. Now, is this mom and pop restaurants? Is this uh, you know, small food black spots. owned restaurants? Yeah. Like, what kind of restaurants are we Big talking? Chains. Well, you know what it is. So what what happened was they actually came. A lot of the uh, restaurant industry came together, uh, and they kind of it's not really a union, but it was a group of them that were coming together because they've been struggling and they haven't gotten any government assistance. So it's for independent restaurants and bars, and they felt like they didn't have a seat at the table. So mm -hmm. now they're more organized, and now they have this first ever grant relief program for the industry. So it is the so it's for independent, yeah, okay, restaurant so the, okay. and bar communities. So like mm -hmm. so the ones that aren't necessarily franchises. So like a just say a hunting fish club in New York or something like that. Yeah. Right. And it, and even, you know, it could even be food trucks, coffee shops, places like that, bakeries. Good. Good. Those so they need it. Like, like even what Charlamagne was saying, hunting fish in New York and all these other restaurants in New York and Everyone's all around the kitchen. world. 
These people can't open up because they can't afford to. And then 20%, 30% of capacity don't no way fees to be no fees to be. And then it, there's a lot of people that are affected, you know, the the wait staff, the cooks, mm-hmm. the clean that like people that clean, like all Waitresses, of those people, bartenders, bartenders managers, security, hostesses. Yeah, mm-hmm. so this does help out a lot. All right, IKEA is now selling pre-built tiny houses. And what? so a house will be 187 square feet in size and it'll be less than $50,000. So now you can buy those and use them as, you know, rental property for housing and all Wait, of that. They're how does pre-built. that work? You buy it. Where, where do you put it? Like, did, did they deliver the house so, you built? Yeah. And first you have to determine whether or not your jurisdiction allows these tiny homes to be on your personal property. They're either on wheels that's the ones that Ikea is selling or they're on a foundation. And so theirs is on wheels. So it's not considered a single family house. It's considered a recreational vehicle, a RV. And some places don't allow that in backyards. So if you do, if they do, then you can actually, can you allow, some places don't allow people to live full time in a tiny house on wheels. So you have to check with the regulations in your area. And they're saying the tiny house won't appreciate like real estate does. It'll depreciate like a car. Well, how big is 187 square feet? That seems like a Barbie dream house. Like who's, who, like who? Who, what is how big is that? You said eighteen hundred or one hundred and eighty-seven. No, one hundred eighty-seven. <laughs> is that big enough for somebody to live in? That feel like a big ass doghouse. Yeah, you can't have a bathroom in there, right? It's just a room. Yeah, you can. They said it's gonna have a kitchen, everything. The thing no is, like, this could be good when it comes to combating homelessness, and and I, I've seen a lot of different companies and people starting these tiny homes to just help people out. So let me see how big this thing is, and please don't live. Yeah, in Yeah, take area. a look at it. Don't live in an area that's a uh, hurricane prone. Lord have mercy. I guess All right, like now living in a New York apartment, a one bedroom is like hundred. Uh, yeah, some people have small apartments. Really? I don't know. A judge has permanently dismissed charges against Kenneth Walker, that was Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, for allegedly shooting and wounding a police officer last year. So now he cannot be recharged for the crimes following the ruling. He was initially charged with assault and attempted murder after he allegedly opened fire and wounded a Louisville Metro Police Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly. He said he was unaware that police were conducting a raid on the home because if you remember, he said they did not announce themselves. And so now prosecutors have moved to dismiss the charges last week. So after this whole year of having the worst year of his life, Prosecutors have finally acknowledged that he did nothing wrong and acted in self-defense, according to his attorney. That's right. And if he was, if he was charged, the NRA should have been in an uproar. But, you know, they wouldn't have been because he's black. All right. Well, that is your front page news. You see the tiny homes? Uh, yes, I do. What do they look like? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, listen, I don't know. They look like little small houses. You never <laughs> seen this? It's a, it's a whole thing. The tiny home movement. Mm, tiny. Man, shut up. It yeah, is. It, is. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> no, there's a lot there's of different companies that are putting them Bro, together. Thank you. They have, have a show on HGTV, I think, called Tiny Homes. I never watched yeah. it. Was, but I always thought that was like Barbie houses or something nah. like that. Or, People have no. curtain vans and the vans, too. I have a bathroom in the van, bed, everything. Listen, I'm not mad at it. It actually doesn't look that bad when you look at it at all. Mm. Like, I'd, rather, I'd rather that than somebody be homeless. You know what I'm saying? Especially absolutely. our veterans, because I think it's just disrespectful that veterans go off to fight for this country and then they come back here and they're homeless. You know, I think veterans should get free room and board, free health care, mm-hmm. a stipend every month. And if the room and board is a tiny home, so be it. Oh, the tiny home don't look bad. I mean, yeah, no, it's not yeah. small. It's not that small. Like, I, I was thinking very, very Barbie small. But now nah, it's big. You got bathroom and kitchen. Okay, that ain't bad. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, I agree. All right, All right now well, let's open up the phone lines. News. Let's open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. Coming to America 2 came out this past weekend. Everybody Can we talk about it? Talking about it and everything. And Nori, I know you're listening, Nori. Nori loves this film. Nori's seen the film five times over the weekend. And every time he's seen the film, he called me to tell me how much he loved it. Keep in mind, Nori drinks heavily. 
All right. He smokes heavily. <laughs> he smokes heavily. I mean, listen, the, mu- the movie made me feel good. The nostalgic aspect of it made me feel good. I just don't think it was a good movie. And I'm used to Eddie Murphy movies having great storylines. And then the funny comes second. For me, it's like they went for the funny first and it wasn't a great story. I mean, if you think about all Eddie Murphy's historically, whether it's Beverly Hills Cop, 48 Hours, mm-hmm. Life, mm-hmm. Golden Child, First Coming to America, they're just great stories. And it's got funny people in it. This one, eh, it wasn't a great story. Well, let's talk about it. 800-585-1051. Did you see Coming to America too? What were your thoughts? It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Pull out, pull out, your, pull out your phone. Call in right now. Call me. Add your opinion to The Breakfast Club topic. Break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. I know when I'm Call me. Add your opinion to the Breakfast Club Top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you're just joining us, we open up the phone lines and ask him, what were your thoughts on coming to America 2? Movie came out this past weekend. I, I seen it. Charlemagne seen it. Ye seen half of it. So we're asking you. Phone lines are wide open. Well, now, we, Charlemagne, you didn't we, love it. I, we, I was disappointed. We saw it like a month ago, though. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We saw it like a month ago, and I wanted to wait until the movie come out because I didn't want to sway nobody's opinion. And Correct. you know, the way the way I feel stands. Like the movie made me feel good. But it just wasn't a good movie. It wasn't a good movie because it wasn't a great story. Eddie Murphy's movies historically have had great stories with funny people in them. Like, if you think about life, right? Life is really a dark story. Two guys go to jail for life for a murder that they didn't commit. But the funny comes from Martin and Eddie and Bernie Mac and just all of these characters within the story. This one seemed like it aimed for the funny first and it missed the mark. And it didn't have a great story. Well, we got somebody on the line that called me several times over the weekend that said I was bugging, that they really enjoyed the movie. You know our guy. Hold you on. Might know the host Drink of the Champs. Drink Champs podcast, N-O-R-E. Everybody make some noise. Yeah. Oh, man. Nori. This is, the first time ever, this is the first time I've ever been disappointed in you, brother. This is the first time. <laughs> like, I'm literally disappointed. I'm listening to the, to the disrespect. First off, the story is great. I, yeah, can you hear me? Am, am I going we can hear you. We can hear you. <laughs> okay. Listen, it's the reverse. The guy goes back to Zamunda, becomes the, 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 and he has to go back to Queens. Did you see Leslie Jones' performance? How's nobody going to say how crazy Leslie Jones is? He's the star. Paul Wesley's the star. I don't really like, I, don't, I didn't really, uh, I, let, me, let me not say what I didn't like. The only part of the, of the movie that's corny is when Homeboy starts rhyming. When homeboy starts rhyming, I'm like, I want to delete. No, that that's that's corny. You didn't think the funeral was corny? So the King King Joffrey just to die yeah, at the on, funeral? He dies at the funeral? Wait a minute, wait a minute, minute Charlemagne. You mean to tell me you know you're going to die in three days? You don't want to see your own funeral? Sure, to but to be, to be in the casket and just turn and look and say, I'm going to die now, son. <laughs> what, a king, what, a king, what a king, what a king, what a king, what a mighty good king. <laughs> I thought he was in a chair. I didn't realize he was in a casket. He was in a casket. Uh, he was in a casket. He said, I'm going to die now. And he yeah, died standing up. You go into your own funeral. That's how rich you are. You know when you're going to die. And you're going to go to your own funeral. That is classic. <laughs> I think you bias. I think you bias because Queens is in the movie. I think whenever yo, Queens is on the big screen, you got to yo, represent. Yo, Nori called me, right? Nori first. Nori told me I got to get high to watch it, right? Then he told me, yo, when I was a kid, 
I rode my bike when they were taping the first one, and I remember what it was when they taped the first one. This is all the fact that you from Queens, Nori. I'm not biased because I'm from uh, Queens. If a Queens. If a Queens rapper makes a whack record, I'm going to say the record is whack. I love being from Queens. I lived in Miami for the past 14 years, but I love being from Queens. Being from <laughs> that has nothing, that has absolutely nothing to do with good movie and good scripture. I think Eddie Murphy and them was genius. I think, I think that they really, really catered to the audience now because you got to realize people who, people who didn't see the first one is going to like this one. People who see the first one and is in love with it as a classic, they're going to say, oh, okay, well, this is a little bit Hollywood as opposed to the, to the original. But most people who've never seen this, they connected that audience to me. And Angela, yeah, I'm disappointed in you. How dare you only watch that? I'm right. I'm back on it. I'm back on it. <laughs> it just I seems, tried. It just, it just seems like a parody of the first movie. It does. I mean, I get, I get that one, but it's so much of a classic. It's just like it, they would have always fell a little short because the first one is just that much great. You know what I'm saying? But this one is, is, is compared to it, and it's for 2021. I appreciate it. I think Murphy Knight killed it. I think Leslie Jones. I think she's the star of the movie. I think this is gonna make it's gonna separate her from uh, Amy Schumer or whatever, whatever. She's just her performance is just so excellent. And I think everyone played their part. I think everyone actually did it. And for me, for me, as the person that, that actually got to see when Eddie and them were setting up, I don't know Eddie person personally at all, but, you know, I, so I, I ain't getting paid for this or nothing. But I'm just telling you, this is an excellent, <laughs> excellent, excellent movie. I watched it. All right, I'm sold. I'm all right. sold. We need, to get, Eddie, we need to get Eddie on Drink Champs now. Let's get Eddie Murphy on yeah, Drink Eddie, Champs. Eddie, I want to see, see Eddie Wesley R. Arsenio on Drink Champs. Absolutely. Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't even think like that. See, that's how much of a fan I am. I'm not even thinking like that. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking y'all to watch it again. Right, you know that so well. I'm, I'm going to watch it. Yes. Thank you, Anno. Thank you, Anno. Make, make sure y'all check out. Make sure y'all check out the Drink Champs podcast on the Black Effect iHeart Radio podcast network, okay? All right. 800-585-1051. You just heard Nori. Now, what were your thoughts on the movie? Coming to America 2 is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we'll open up the phone lines. We're talking to uh, talking about coming to America, too. Noriega, yeah. you know him from Drink Champ, CNN, rapper, performing, all that other good stuff. He just called in and was very disappointed in The Breakfast Club. Listen, he I- says he loved it. Yeah, and listen, I told y'all, the nostalgia made me feel good. I just don't think it was a good movie because, to me, it's just not a great story. They aim for the funny instead of crafting a great story. And I'm a little jaded, too, because I saw a treatment that, you know, Aaron Magruder wrote that Ryan Coogler was going to produce. And they took a lot of the ideas from that treatment and, and, and hacked it. So there was potential for a great story there, but I don't feel like they executed it well at all. All right. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is boy Leo, man. What's going on? What's up, Leo? What you think of coming to America too? Man, I hated it, man. I was I felt so <laughs> bad um, coming up watching that movie, man. Um, I feel like they just rushed it, man. They they rushed it. The story wasn't making no sense. And it's no oh, point out one more thing. There's no way that those barbers should have been living longer than the kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh they gotta be like 150, man. No way, man. You're right. I feel like they put that story down, man. I thought about that, but I didn't care because it's a fictional fantasy movie. So who yeah. cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if the barbers are 190 years old, who cares? 
That's called that suspension of disbelief. You have to just go with it, with the story. By the way, the barbers are the funniest part of the movie. The barbers are funny, though. That's the funniest part of the movie. That should be its own thing. Like, Eddie and Arsenio should go do that somewhere. Yeah. That would be a great idea. You got to EP that one now. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Khadija. Hey, good morning. What did you think about Coming to America 2? I think it was a little corny. I'm sorry. It was, it was, oh, it wasn't that corny, but I just saw the, the son and the girlfriend fall in love too fast. It was like too quick for me. Yeah. They didn't know each other. I'm sorry. I mean, it had some funny moments, but I just think the fall in love part was a little corny. Yeah, I mean, listen, it just felt like a parody of the first one. It's just like, okay, we've seen all of this before. Like, yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. Exactly. I was like, okay, like, all right. I kind of knew that was going to happen. But I was like, oh, come on. You just cut your hair. Now y'all want to get married. Like, come on. It was just a, it was just a little bit too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you know what it had me thinking, though? It had me thinking about the first one. How long was that timeline with Akeem and Lisa? I don't know how long they was in, in Queens. We but don't, I'm just saying, but they went on a date, like he was chasing after her. He was like really like working up to get to know her. True, true, true. And he just moved true. in the house and all of a sudden he, she cut his hair and I in love. True. Like it, it was a little too it was a little cliche for me. I'm sorry. That was a hell of a that was a hell of a head dude. <laughs> all right. Thank you, mama. Thank you. You guys have a good one. You too. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Ronnie. Hey Ronnie, good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you guys doing? Hey, doing Ronnie. good. What did, what did you think about coming to America too? Um, the movie was okay for what it was. Um, I think that a lot of people had high expectations, and I don't know why, because it's a classic. Like, they're not going to make set it off again. They're not going to do, like, Scarface Part 2, because it's something that you shouldn't even touch. So people with high expectations, like, be thankful for what you got, because it's something that you really can't reenact and do it over. And Eddie Murphy hasn't made great films since the 80s. And, like, yeah. Well, Dolomite was good. Dolomite was great. Dolomite was great. I didn't even finish it, but that was what a few years ago. But other than that, like he had like kind of focused on a kiddie theme. Like you can't compare Eddie Murphy now to Eddie Murphy like back 80s, 90s. It was a whole different thing. So you're never going to get those. I can think of like maybe two or three movies that may have a part two that's good, and it's like Kill Bill two. But yes. that, like, you can't come behind like a great film and make a part two. It's going to be trash. But yep. what right. it was, it was good. Yep. Y'all about to make Eddie Murphy go back into hiding. I'm going to tell you something else I do enjoy. I do enjoy the fact that nobody wants to say anything bad about coming to America. That's how much respect we have Absolutely. for Eddie Murphy, <laughs> Arsenio Hall, and just the whole coming to America franchise. Like It's almost like a thing amongst each other. Like You know it's whack, but don't say nothing out loud. All right. Well, we'll take some more calls. A lot of people on the lines. Let's do it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you joined us, if you just joined us, we're talking about Coming America 2. Coming, coming to America. America 2? Wow. What were you watching this weekend, <laughs> sir? What porno was that? Like yeah, that must have been on Pornhub. <laughs> coming Jesus to Christ. America 2. We're asking, what were your thoughts? Hello, who's this? Hello, this is uh, Darren Goldmeyer. Hey, Hello, good morning, Darren. How are you, Darren? What's happening? Yeah, I, I think, I think you know, when you take a movie like Friday and um, uh, Coming to America, um, so iconic, I think that the sequels could never live up to the hype that the first one built. So we kind of got to take it for what it is. I like uh, um, the movie because it was a fine collection of black stars. So mm -hmm. I would watch it again, and I, I just basically take it for what it is. Hey, you know, that's another good example, too, because the first Friday – had a great story. 
And yes. when you and when you have a great story, the funny will come when you just have funny people in it. Mm-hmm. The second Friday didn't necessarily have a great story. To me, it's the same thing with coming to America. The, the first coming one. to America and was a great story. The second coming to America doesn't have a great story. You take two other movies like How High and Forrest Gump. I don't want to see a second one of them because those movies were so great also. Right. Hello, who's this? Lisa from Jersey. Hey, Lisa from Jersey. What's up, Lisa? Lisa Is this McDowell? Lisa McDowell? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were your thoughts on the movie? It was trash. Damn. You didn't have to say trash. Damn, trash? It, it, was tr- it was trash. It was trash. Why was Prince Akeem date raped? They didn't even need the son. They could have focused on the daughter. Yeah, I agree with that. That's true. And changed the rules and made it coming to America. Like, in some That would have been way. dope. I agree with that. That would have been dope. And also, why was there a Fashion Nova store, bro? There was a Fashion Nova <laughs> store? Oh, that was a check right there then. Yeah, that was a Damn. check. Fashion Nova wasn't Damn. coming to America? I didn't see yes. that. It was a store in Queens. <laughs> I didn't see that part. Yeah, that was a check, bruh, though. I mean, it's, 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 now, it's nowadays, so I get that. Last thing. I couldn't even watch Gladys Knight sing the anthem the other day because of Midnight Train to Zamunda. Bruh, stop Mid- it. Midnight Train to Zamunda. The other <laughs> one, what a king, what a king, what a what king, what a mighty good, good king. king. All right. Well, thank you, Baba. Yeah. All right. It was, yeah. I mean, she's right. <laughs> like I'm saying, it's nostalgia, so it makes you feel good. Right. But the movie is corny. And, and once again, I saw a treatment that Aaron Magruder wrote that Ryan Coogler was going to produce. And it's like they took a lot of Aaron's good ideas and just mm-hmm. just hacked them. So there was potential for a great story there. But coming to America, too, just was not a great story. I would have loved to see, you know, d- the storyline with him being a girl dad. Yep, you know what I'm saying? And, and, that would have been amazing. And, and the girls taking over the kingdom. The girl not wanting to just marry marry somebody. Which would, and you know what also is weird? Why would they want somebody to marry somebody just because it's tradition when Akeem broke that tradition? Yep. That doesn't even make any sense moving forward. Like, you found the love of your life because you were allowed to go find the love of your yeah, life. Yeah, but so Wesley Snipes was putting pressure on him. Wesley Snipes was making him happy because they were going to, you know, I guess, attack the, the other village. I don't know. But Wesley Snipes was putting pressure on him to do it. But anyway... Yeah. Next hour, Lunell will be joining us. She's in the movie, but we spoke to her prior a couple days ago. So just keep that in mind. All right. Yes. All right. Now we got rumors on the way. Yes. And again, we are going to talk about somebody who is doing a tell all about Kanye West. Uh, Who could that person be? And also selling the first tweet ever right now. You can start that bid at two point five million dollars. Oh, hell no. All right. We'll talk about it next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is the rumor report. With Angela Yee. So Kanye's ex-bodyguard is looking to share some stories of what he went through working with Kanye West, Steve Stanulis. He's doing a documentary and he said it's in the works and it's kind of like uh, 48 hours or a lethal weapon. He said it comes from my mouth. I worked with Kanye two separate times. Every day was a new adventure. There are a ton of stories I haven't told. And he said there will be other security guards that will appear in the project as well, including one who only lasted five minutes when he worked for Kanye West. So you work with me twice and you get to write a whole book i don't know he said two studios approached him about it come on man knock it off <laughs> like you can't y'all can't want something on kanye that bad i'm sure kanye gives us enough uh on his own that you don't have to you know get get a bodyguard that's only worked with him twice to write a story like come on man 
Now, if you remember, he's spoken about this before on the Hollywood Raw podcast. And he said that they would often call the paparazzi on themselves when they left the house. And he said Kanye was one of my least favorite people to work with over the course of time. We know that, though. We know the Kardashians called a paparazzi on themselves. Didn't he he said it in a song, right? Didn't he say Mm -hmm. what he said? Looking like wealth, I might call the paparazzi on myself. Who said that? Him or Jay? One of them. Jay-Z said that. Oh, well. They call it All right, now, you can now buy the first ever tweet, and the current bid on that is $2.5 million. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey is selling that first ever published tweet as a digital collector's item. Who, Kanye So that's tweet? from back in 2006. No, the first ever twi- uh, tweet is from Jack Dorsey, the Twitter CEO. Oh, we put a period on another store. We yeah, yeah, on. put a period. Okay, we moved right. on. Okay, <laughs> all right. But can't you just screenshot it and own it? Uh, this is different. I don't know if y'all have been seeing this digital art that's been going for so much money. And that's like the new blockchain art thing that's been happening where people have been selling their art digitally and like uh, interviews and things like that. You can sell them with cryptocurrency and it's worth all this money. And then every time somebody resells it, you get like a percentage. Well, what's the first ever tweet? Does it, what does it say? Test? Yeah, it's Welcome from um, Jack Dorsey and it says just setting up my Twitter. And that's worth two point something million dollars. That the bids have so far reached two point five million dollars. Yeah, I know my first tweets were f- way more fired than that. It should be worth a lot more than two point something million. <laughs> All right, now let's discuss Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And you know they had that explosive interview with Oprah on Sunday that's been talked about, and all kinds of issues coming after that. Now, here's some more clips. Here's Meghan Markle talking about the baby skin color. Those months when I was pregnant, all around this same time. So we have in tandem the conversation of he won't be given security. He's not going to be given a title and also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What was that conversation? That conversation (laughs) I'm never going to share. Wow. Now, Prince Harry also said he felt trapped within the royal family. Do you think you would have left or ever stepped back were it not for Meghan? I wouldn't have been able to because I myself was trapped, trapped within the system like the rest of my family are. My father and my brother, they are trapped. They don't get to leave. And I have huge compassion for that. Now, school me on what I'm missing in this story, Angeli. Uh, rich white mm-hmm. people are racist. What's the story? Right, it's the royal family. And so, obviously, they hold the royal family in high regard. And listen, the way that people are attacking them and have been attacking them, like Piers Morgan, for instance, is famous for attacking Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. And he actually said this. I'm... Angry to the point of bawling over. This is a two-hour trash-a-thon of our royal family, and it's all been done as Prince Philip lies in hospital. They trash everybody. They basically make out the entire royal family a bunch of white supremacists by dropping this race bombshell without... What's that phrase? They didn't name any... They didn't name which one it was. and just throw it out there so it could be any member of the royal family. And Harry says, I'll never say who it was. You better say it fast. Piers Morgan, once again... Rich white people are racist, defending other rich white people that are racist. What's the story? (laughs) What's the story? Right, well, Piers Morgan actually ended up storming off his own TV show, Good Morning Britain, because uh, he had a guest on Alex Beresford, who actually is... 
He's part black and he also slammed Pierce Morgan's behavior and what he's been saying about Meghan Markle. Here's what happened on that show. And I understand that you don't like Meghan Markle. You've made it so clear a number of times. And I understand that you've got a personal relationship with Meghan Markle or had one and she cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if she wants to. Has she said anything about you since she cut you off? I don't think she has, but yet you continue to trash her. Okay, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry, no. Oh, uh, Sorry. So, do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, mate, but not my no, own. No, 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 no. See I'm, you later. I'm being. So Sorry, can't this do this. Is absolutely diabolical behavior. Old white men don't like being <laughs> held accountable by black people. Okay, when they get held accountable, they act like they're the victims. Pierce forgot he was on his own show. <laughs> you know, why, how you gonna you know, act like you a guest on your own show and walk off? I don't want to be here. It's your show, fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did end up coming back, but it just yeah, wasn't very show. productive. It I wasn't very out of your own house. You but I mean, the there. main. I think the hey, main look. thing is that, that they discuss being driven from the royal family because of racism, and people haven't really revealed that. And you know, some I guess in British culture they hold them in high regard. So this is a big deal. For rich, something like this to happen. Rich white people are racist. N- and nothing new here. Mm-hmm. And, and they're salu- very private. And salute so the- that's why this is kind of breaking that privacy. And salute the Oprah, too. I mean, Harpo produced that uh, that that special and they licensed the footage to Viacom CBS for $7 million. Drop on a clue for Oprah. I mean, $7 million is nothing to her. But just the fact that she, you know, owned her own content and then licensed mm-hmm. it to Viacom CBS. That's what I'm saluting. The business of it all. Uh- all right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Charlemagne, who are you giving that donkey to? You know, let's talk about rich old white men who don't like to be held accountable. Uh, we need the former CEO of Papa John's, John Schnatner, to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him. All right. We'll get to that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. This don't be a donkey, because right now you want some real donkey It's time for donkey of the day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, hit it with the heat. Did she get donkey in the day? Please tell me. Absolutely. I have become donkey of the day. It's the breakfast club, bitches. You're a donkey. Well, donkey of the day for Tuesday, March 9th goes to John Schnatner. Uh, do you remember the name John Schnatner? Well, John Schnatner was ousted as CEO of Papa John's in 2018 after he blamed NFL players kneeling during the national anthem on low sales. Uh, forget the subpar product that may be Papa John's pizza. I haven't eaten it in years, so I don't know what it tastes like now, but I personally was never a fan. Uh, I don't think Papa John's can out pizza the hut, but what do I know? Okay, he also was recorded using the N-word during a company conference call and later stepped down as chairman uh, as a result. He also never has really wanted to hold himself accountable because he routinely accuses other members of Papa John's board of conspiring against him to force him out of the CEO role. Now, I tell y'all all the time, I'm not the highest grade of weed in the dispensary, nor am I the strongest adventure, but John... If you didn't give them anything to conspire about, they wouldn't have any ammo to use against you, okay? But when you're the CEO of a company on a conference call and you use the N-word, well, you can't really blame that on anyone but yourself. And John is still blaming everybody but himself. Uh, Let's listen to him on OAN on allegations that he's racist. Take me back to a few years ago when you start to see these headlines coming out and smearing your good name. How did you feel at the time when you were seeing these headlines? Um, state of shock. I couldn't understand it. I mean, again, you have a public board that paints its chairman complicit, passive or active. They paint the founder as a racist. They know he's not a racist. It's just unbelievable. And I used to lay in bed just going, how did they do this? John, John, John. 
what is that not to understand? If you're a white man and you use the N-word on a conference call, I don't even know what the context was. But either way, once again, if you're a white man and you use the N-word on a conference call, don't be surprised when people label you a racist, okay? There is no conspiracy here. If they are painting a picture of you as a racist, well, you gave them the paint and the idea of what to draw. In fact, they're not doing nothing but tracing, okay? You got the nerve to say that you used to sit in bed wondering why your peers managed to disparage your name. Uh, John, once again, you said the N-word on a conference call. Let me tell you something, man. Lack of self-awareness is at an all-time high, okay? If someone has a misconception of who I am based off of something I said, I have to look at myself, all right, and what I said first, okay? There is a quote, and that quote is, I'm only responsible for what I say, not for what you understand. And I agree, you are responsible for the words that come out of your mouth. But if you a white man and those words have nigga in them, that's not hard to understand, okay? Now, that's not even the whole reason John is getting donkey of the day. See, John is getting donkey of the day is because of what else he told OAN. Now, this is the same guy who said he's not racist. But listen to what one of his goals for the last 20 months has been. Listen. And we've had three goals for the last 20 months to get rid of this uh, N-word uh, in my vocabulary and dictionary and everything else uh, because it's just not true. Figure out how they did this and get on with my life. Figure out how who did what. Play it one more time, Drum. And we've had three goals for the last 20 months to get rid of this uh, N-word uh, in my vocabulary and dictionary and everything else uh, because it's just not true. Figure out how they did this and get on with my life. Figure out how they did this. You keep acting like someone did something to you. You used the N-word. And now you're saying, I have to get rid of this N-word in my vocabulary? Do you know how much you must use the N-word if it's been 20 months and you still trying to get it out of your vocabulary? Like, do you have to have the N-word surgically removed from your throat? You know, it can take anywhere from 18 to 254 days for a person to form a new habit. And an average is 66 days for a new behavior to become automatic. So if you're trying to make a habit of not saying the N-word, you mean to tell me it's taken you almost two years? And he didn't even say he's not saying the N-word anymore. He just said it's one of his goals. <laughs> like, he doesn't even know if he's going to reach his goal, but it's one of his goals. John, I'm not the cheesiest cheese stick in the box, okay? But you said that you used to sit in bed at night wondering how your peers managed to disparage your name. I would venture to say it's because of your cultural cluelessness. Your lack of self-awareness, okay, the elitism, the privilege. See, I said this on uh, Bill Maher the other night when I was on Friday night. When you're an old white man in a position of power, you are used to a certain amount of privilege. When you finally get held accountable for something, you think you are being targeted. You think you're a victim. When the reality is no, your privileged ass is just finally being held accountable for your BS and accountability consequences to your actions feels like oppression when you're not used to rules applying to you. Please let Kathy Griffin give John Schnatner the biggest hee-haw. Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Yes, ma'am. Now, when we come back, Lunell will be joining us. Uh, comedian Lunell, she was in Coming to America too. We spoke to her before uh, the movie actually came out. So yes. we're going to um, play that when we come back. All right, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest on the line, Lunell. Yo, yo. <laughs> What's happening? 
Good morning. You know, be, she be hustling her ass off. She be hustling. She, she's in Coming to America 2, which That's comes right. out this week. Yes. But tell so us about excited. that. How was working with all, I mean, there was so many great actors, actresses, comedians. Uh, I Your see daughter. Rick Ross was in there. So how was working with so many great individuals, you being great yourself? I must say that it was one of the most exciting experiences of my life. Not only the fact that you've got all the legends, the original cast members there, the only original cast member who has passed away in the whole 32 years is the great Matt Sinclair, who played Prince Hakeem's mother. Mm -hmm. mm. But everybody else, you know, uh, is present and still looking great. And then to come to work on the Tyler Perry studio when it was fresh and to be able to see the Cecily Tyson soundstage and the Sidney Poitier soundstage and the Ossie Davis and Ruby D soundstage and the Will Smith soundstage. It was just very, very prideful. You know, Ruth Carter did an amazing job on these costumes with fabrics that I've never seen or touched before. And the hair is it's just it's really everything, everything that I that I could ever, ever dream of. What do you think the importance of movies with like all-star black cast like coming to America is, Luna? Because I think that it bridges generations. I think that it shows that people are not dead over 50, do still work, <laughs> are still cognizant, can still look good. You know, anybody dried up went nowhere. I mean, especially me. And so um, I think that it's a wonderful family thing, too, because, you know, the kids are always on their phone or they look at stuff with their head down. And that's but this is something that you can really say, let's put the phones down so we can hear all the little nuances and see all the little facial expressions and pop the popcorn in the comfort of your own home. That's why I'm so glad that Amazon was able to purchase this from Paramount and we're able to have everybody you know, be safe and see the film and enjoy it. Plus, there's so many new African faces, real legitimate African stars, musical and otherwise, that are in the film that you're going to get introduced to that are really big stars in Africa that we don't know. So it's not just a United States thing. This is really literally a global Thing. We're going to pray the Amazon server don't crash. That's what we're going to pray. <laughs> the expectations are high on this film. Of course, number one is a, is a cult classic. It's my favorite movie of all time. So <laughs> what do you think about two? You've seen two. What, what, what will you tell the people that are, are, are excited to see this movie about coming to America? Well, you can never be the first again, just like being a virgin. You know, you can never be, be get the first lover again. You can never be the first again. But if the, if the, if the original is here... The new, I would put the new one right here. I wouldn't put it way down here. You know, it's right under the original. It's just visually, musically, comedically, and historically, uh, it's just it's just an amazing film. It's really really fun. You know, we're not trying to teach no big lessons. That's what Judas and the Black Messiah is for. <laughs> we're not trying to break your heart. That's what. Uh, the United States versus Billy Holiday is for. This is just fun. And a lot of us haven't had no fun in months and months and months. So there is some lessons in it though. There's a lot of lessons in it, especially yeah, for those who for those who have eyes, let them see. You know, some people gonna miss the lessons. Got you. But there's a lot of that. 
See, mm. these guys saw it already. I haven't seen it yet. The only thing I was told was make sure you watch it all through, all the way to the end through the credits. Absolutely. Don't click out. Don't miss anything. Stay until it goes black, you know, and then watch it again. Because <laughs> there's just certain so many little nuances and little under. The thing about it being on Amazon it's like, it's not going to expire out. You know, Dolomite is my name is still streaming, you know. So uh, this is going to be here for a long, long time. And being at home, you can rewind it. You can pause it. You can say, shut up. You can pause it and go back. And I got to go to the bathroom. You can pause it and go back. So it's really the best best thing for it. I'm excited to see it again. I had to see it with the big DJ Envy across the screen. So it wasn't as, uh, I didn't enjoy it. Uh-huh. Like they right, to make sure right. I wasn't gonna bootleg it, you know what I mean? So the screener. Yeah, that was that that was that twenty four hour link, right, Envy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your, your daughter worked on this too. Yeah, I was gonna say your daughter worked on it too, right? Yes, my daughter auditioned for the great Fatima Robinson and got cast as one of the um flute dancers behind Tiana Taylor. Oh, really? And Tiana's so sexy. Good Lord Jesus, no but God damn Tiana. <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo. She's got smoking <laughs> off the screen. Smoking off the screen. Man, it was a time. It was a time. My daughter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is my daughter's first major motion picture. She's a dancer, as a lot of people know. And um, for uh, you know, Eddie has his daughter Bella in it. Mm-hmm. My daughter Danelle is in it. So this is just a real family feel and a, a real family type of thing. I remember when we talked to you earlier during the pandemic. You wasn't even letting your daughter come in the house. So That's y'all, right. So you already have, must have finished. She's allowed in now. Yeah. <laughs> is she allowed in? Yeah, she. Yeah, she's allowed in. She has taken precautions. You know, I've had multiple, multiple COVID tests. We seem to be fine. She, you know, she's doing what she needs to do to keep her mama safe. Are you taking the vaccine, Luna? Excuse me. Are you taking the vaccine? <laughs> Come again? Can <laughs> me say what? Are you taking the vaccine? <laughs> I'm sorry, we must have lost the connection. I can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> why are you scared? Listen, I, I'm I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I, you know I'm not in a rush to take the vaccine. But why you don't want to take it, Luna? Well, I didn't say I don't want to okay. take it, but I don't. And today is my brother's birthday. He's getting his second shot today. All of my mm. sisters and brothers are older than me. I'm the baby of eight. And some of them have had the vaccine and some of them will, are not going to have it. I'm just going to wait and see if anybody's eyes start crossing or if their hair starts falling out. Because, you know, I'm just gonna, I will cross that bridge when I get to it. I haven't had to be confronted about taking it yet. So I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. But I'm just saying the history <laughs> does not negate that this country has ever given a shit about black people and their health. That's right. So I'm just saying I'm going, you know, I'm going to fall back. I'm never the first one to do anything. You know, people, when bell bottoms went away, that's when I started wearing mine. You know? <laughs> I love now, things fact- are starting to open back up again, and they're talking about having people back in venues by the summertime. So, and I know you were on, used to being on stage every night. So what's the plan for you? Do you know when you're going back out? Well, in October, I had a new replacement surgery on my left knee, and I'm going this month to have the new replacement surgery on my right knee so I can truly kick 2021 in the butt. I am <laughs> planning on going back out. I desperately want to go back out, plus I need the money. So um, I, I think probably June I'll start touring again, and hopefully in July I'll be back 
at my residency in Las Vegas, hopefully, at Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club. All right, we got more with Lunell when we come back. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Come on. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Lunell. Charlemagne? Now, yeah. this movie coming to America, too, it, 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 it made you settle your, your beef, which I didn't even know you had, with Leslie Jones. I didn't have a beef with Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones had a beef with me. Okay. Over but what? We were, we, uh, I'm not going to go into what about because it's long and convoluted and it's deeply, deeply personal. We got time. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't have time. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, we did. We were able to, you know, uh, have a private talk. It was uh, some misunderstandings from years ago that, um, you know, hurt. We were able to talk about it, and it is squashed as far as I'm concerned. Now, are we going to, you know, go get into jacuzzi together anytime soon? I don't think so. But at least we're going to be able to hopefully, you know, work together again. Or, you know, if we were, we, we getting gypped, COVID has gypped us out of one of the biggest premieres that would have probably ever happened in Hollywood ever. Right. You know, the biggest premiere I was ever at was the Borat premiere, the original Borat premiere. But with this Coming to America premiere, I was expecting giraffes and right. lions and dancers in the street. Yeah, and, it would have been crazy. You know, anybody came in on an elephant, who knows? Luna, how many, how many like just old misunderstandings you probably think you have that a conversation would just correct? Like how you and Leslie did. That I give a about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't really think I have that many. I'm not a um uh, I've had more run-ins with fans than I have with with my peers, you know, mm -hmm. I'm I've been around a very long time and we all came up together. You know, the G's that are that are bosses now, we, we came up together, you know. And um the first comic I ever met when I stepped off stage the first time was Robin Harris. That's how far back I go. And I don't really recall having many uh comedic beefs. It's just not my style because you know, I, I keep it very honest and very trill with everybody. Sometimes the truth hurts, but I don't lie on anybody. And uh, I, I have been rude to a fan or two, you know, interrupting my meal or bothering my daughter or getting me in the airport. I, I, I cop to that. But I don't think I have um, many beefs like that. Got you. I see a lot of things that you have to say also have been going viral. Like in particular, most recently, your comments about Dr. Dre, and a lot of people waiting on that. Did you get backlash from saying what you believe? You know, people uh, talk about, oh, they're cyberbullying me. Well, you can't get cyberbullied if you don't read it, right? So <laughs> right. I say right. what I say, and then I go on about my business. The only comments I read usually are the ones on my page. I got, I got a lot of stuff to do. So, you know, right. people are entitled to their opinion, of course, and I am entitled to mine. It's just that I get to speak mine publicly and they have to talk to their friends. Sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't say anything that I didn't feel about Dre. Mm -hmm. You know, Dre is a talented guy. He's part of the culture. He's part of the history. We don't want nothing to happen to Dre. Absolutely. Now, listen, um, how did you get the, 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 the deal with Fenty lingerie? Because at first I thought you were doing that to be funny, but that looked like it's a real check. It is a very good check. It is a check that has... It, what you call it, get a raise? I done got a raise. This, this, this WAP done got me a raise. So, <laughs> not not the WAP. I never shoot that. I never shoot from the front. I never shoot in the crotch area or any of that because I do have a daughter and her friends are already in my DMs enough. You know what I'm saying? So I don't need 
to uh, to instigate any of that. But uh, 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 Rihanna's uh, tour bus driver used to be out my tour bus driver when me, Red, and Melanie were on tour with Cat Williams. So I kept in touch with him. We've been friends all these years. And he called me late one night and uh, on FaceTime. And he said, hey, we was just watching you here on the tour bus. And I said, who? And he said, me and my client. And I said, well, who's your client? And boom, Rihanna's face popped on the FaceTime. I like, I almost threw my thumb out of socket trying to <laughs> screenshot that picture so quick. And we talked, and apparently she really likes uh, comedy, and she was a fan of mine, which was amazing as well. And I told her that my daughter was a fan of her makeup line. This is before Fenty Skin came out. She was a fan of her makeup line. And I said, I kind of like that little hot lingerie you have. I said, it's too bad you don't make it for big girls you know, curvier girls. And she said, no, but I do. I said, well, shoot, I want to be a lingerie model. She said, let's make it happen. And we kikied and laughed. And I was like, oh, that was fun. That no big deal, you know, ha, ha, ha. Well, two days later, she personally hit me in my DMs and asked for my email. I was like, first I had to check and make sure that was really her, you know? And so I sent her my email. And the next day, boom, 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 contracts started coming. You got to post twice a month. We got to send it, da, 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 by this date and that. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I done wrote this check that my booty is literally going after cash. And they started <laughs> sending like a box of lingerie every month. And we have to take the pictures. First off, I, I didn't know, you know, we started off in the living room here. Now I do full-fledged photo shoots like in a studio or on location because there's some really beautiful full-figured women uh, my girl Tabria and Margie Plus that are um, models for her lingerie line. And I've got on Savage X Fenty lingerie right now. You see this matching bra, baby? We see okay. you. Okay. All right. <laughs> and um, Were you big into lingerie before girl, I was a, I was a wife beater, no panties on type girl. No. <laughs> okay. You know, maybe I got, I got that gown. I just posted about them old gowns that our grannies used to wear. On my Instagram, <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is the gown that got Granny Nine kids. Why you don't tell Rihanna make that? Make the Granny but Night gowns. I will talk to her. I will definitely talk to her about that. I'm hoping that uh, the, the year before the uh, 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 Savage X Fenty fashion show was at the Barclay. Then this last year, I was very lucky that I was here in L.A. Uh, at the convention center, and I was asked to be in that. I was so blessed. So I'm hoping that I'll get a chance to be in the Savage X Fenty lingerie fashion show for 2021, uh, you know, because I'm so popping. But I, all the pictures that you see have been approved by my daughter and my husband before they ever go to the company. The company has to approve them, and then is when we can start posting. So yeah, I just posted yesterday. I'm looking at it. So I'm your husband it. doesn't appreciate the line. Isn't he excited? Like he doesn't appreciate the lingerie now since he don't ever- care. He does, he's not interested in cloth. He's not interested in cloth. <laughs> you want that flesh? You want that flesh, Lunette? You know, you know. So you looking, um, Charlemagne? What you see? What you see, you Charlemagne? Listen, Lunell, you look good. I'm looking at you with, with, when you laid on with the pink one, and then the one where you looking up at the camera. Them yeah. things stanging. Them things stanging. The things. I still, got, I still got good boobs. They're a little longer than they used to be, but they still work. <laughs> They still, they still swing. You know what I'm saying. And just know your picture's still up here. Your picture ain't going nowhere. And I, I will say congratulations to Wax. I see he got in, engaged or whatever. Oh yeah, he in here somewhere. Why he said his name like that? Why he said like that? Wax. 
He broke my heart. He oh, broke he my heart. I'm gonna bring him in here. Hold yes, on. He you got the bullet. Come here, Wax. Lunel. has a bullet, Lunel. Lunel said you broke my heart. How you doing? Wax. I had all that. I had all that booty right up in Wax's face, and he didn't take advantage. Uh, uh, of that. Uh, I'm a fiance now. I can't do that type of stuff. I know, Wax. How you doing? Congratulations! I just, I just sent you congratulations yeah. before they drug you in here and threw my lingerie pictures. <laughs> up your face. Well, he's not married picture? yet, Lunel. So you can get one more swing if you want. No, thanks. I'm going to leave, 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 leave that batter to dug out. That's okay. <laughs> 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 My congratulations to you. I can't wait till I can come back to New York and be in the studio with you guys. Yes. Well, thank you for joining right, us now. now. Always a pleasure. It's the break. Thank Club you, guys. Thank you. Bye, Angela. Bye. Bye, everybody. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, all 16 co-owners of Tidal are reportedly going to get $8.9 million payout after Jay-Z recently did his deal with Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. Mm -hmm. When Tidal was launched, there were 16 co-owners all receiving a 3% stake in the company. So now they've also all just made about $9 million from that deal. Yeah, this is, why, this is why I don't understand anyone who says Jay-Z only does business moves for himself. It's almost like y'all can't read or you choose to be willfully ignorant. When this deal was announced, it said that the artists would be the second largest shareholders in the country. So you know being that... They all had equity in the company. They all was going to eat off the sale. <laughs> like that's how Which business is, amazing. is. Which is great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Some, of, some got... of those co-owners are Beyonce, Kanye, Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, Usher, Ti, Alicia Keys, Little Wayne, and all of them getting eight point nine million dollars. That don't mm -hmm. sound like a person who's doing a business just for himself. But hey, what do I know? All right. Uh, now let's talk about Cardi B. She decided to put out a doll. Her doll is super cute. And she went on social media to announce the launch of that doll in her likeness. She posted, Barty gang, I'm dropping my own doll today. Inspired by me, created by me, designed by me. This means so much. Here's what she said. One of the reasons why I decided to do it is because I'm a girl's mom. And I just be like, wow, nowadays, these dolls are not like Barbies. They are way more expensive. They come with way more fashion. They come way more diverse. And I constantly got to spend money on these dolls because, like, you know, my daughter constantly want me to buy these dolls. She has, she's actually has a, pres a preference. So it's just like, you know what? Why am I not going to get in the doll business? Why not? Smart. Makes sense. I'm just glad that the dolls are black and brown. Makes yes, sense. and the dog comes with two different outfits. It's available for pre-sale for three days. They don't ship out until July. Just FYI. So if you want to get it, you better get it. Yeah, I'm going to purchase All right. a dog. Support Cardi. Now, Black Girls Rock founder Beverly Bond has inked a development deal with BET. So congratulations to DJ Beverly Bond. She's been a longtime partner to BET. And, you know, she has the Black Girls Rock Awards, which I love. And she also has the Black Girls Rock book uh, that features over 40 different powerful black women. So congratulations to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that. Now, Dak Prescott has signed a $160 million contract with the Dallas Cowboys. So, congratulations to him. That story's for you, Charlemagne. Drop on the clues, bonds for Dak. He deserves it. Took him a long time to do that deal, huh? Well, you know, he had got hurt. And, you know, he was holding out, which he should have. He, he, got, he, he, got, he got what he wanted, though. He wanted $40 million a year. He got it. It includes a league record of $126 million guaranteed, and he's going to get $42 million per season in the first three years of the deal. He could also make a total of $164 million with incentives. His signing bonus is $66 million, and he has a no-trade clause in the deal. That's amazing. 
All right. Now, if you watch The Queen's Gambit, that uh, series is being transformed into a musical. So they did just announce that uh, they've acquired the rights to turn that 1983 novel, The Queen's Gambit, into a musical after Netflix had a very successful TV adaptation of that show. Uh, did y'all watch it? Mm-mm. It's really good. You'll enjoy it. I did it, watch so. it. I loved it, actually. I watched the whole I series. it was amazing. Yeah. I thought it was a good show. All right, Drake, What's Next is on track to be the number one debut on Billboard's Hot 100. Now, according to chart data, they said that Drake debuts in the top three spots on Spotify with every song from Scary Hours 2. So number one is What's Next. Number two is Once in Needs. And then number three is the Lemon Pepper Freestyle with Rick Ross. So congratulations to him. Put, some, put out three songs, all three of them, one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. All right, and Rick Ross, I heard you, Dramos. <laughs> 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 uh, Rick Ross has just bought former Miami Heat stars Amari Stoudemire's house in Broward County. After just 22 days on the market, he spent $3.5 million in cash to purchase that home. It was an all-cash transaction. The deal closed in four days after Rick Ross toured the house with his mom and sister, according to a real estate agent. So they said that's like one of the fastest deals they've done. Well, Ross got it. Ross is an entrepreneur. Drop on the clues bonds for Ross. Ross got a lot of great investments going. All right, and rapper Renny Rucci is allegedly joining Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. So that should be pretty interesting. She's dating rapper Fujiano, and they said he may also appear on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta as well. So there's no word yet on when the 10th season of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta will premiere. Okay, South Carolina's own Renny Rucci. Dropping a couple mm-hmm. bombs for Renny Rucci. That was a Jasmine Brand exclusive. Now, Pepe Le Pew has been removed from the Space Jam sequel. The reason is not related to the recent controversy where they were talking about Pepe Le Pew and that that character did normalize rape culture, according to a recent piece from Charles Amblow of the New York Times. They said that so, that scene was filmed prior to the departure of New Legacy original director Terrence Nance, and, over, and he left in over creative differences. That's when his replacement, Malcolm D. Lee, uh, left the scene on the cutting room floor and he did not even bother adding animation to the shot. So according to Deadline, they saw that rough cut of the film three months ago and they didn't spot Pepe Le Pew in there. Are you sure that's uh, that, that's not why they're removing it? I think they are removing it because um, his character was being being rapey in that scene because I saw the woman who uh, did the voiceover, she was upset because she was like, you know, that was an opportunity to show that women are going to stand up for themselves. Well, they're saying it doesn't have to do with the recent piece that Charles Blow from the New York Times um, did. Oh, yeah. This but, was already out of it three months ago. It was never. Yeah, but, uh, but Pepe been getting animated. called on that. Dave Chappelle uh, mm-hmm. called out Pepe and uh, the killing killing me softly. I remember especially. that. Yes. Yeah. I, listen, Pepe Le Pew was very aggressive and very rapey, for sure. Well, he was a skunk. Skunk stink. Oh, stupid. All right. Well, that is your rumor reports. All right. Shout out to Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice mixes up next. Let's go. Who won the world, girls? It's Women's History Month, and we're celebrating the most influential women in history. Check out this phenomenal woman. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, Yeezy, um, what are we doing for Women's History Month? Well, today we are celebrating Valletta Wallace. Now, she had posted on Instagram previously, for decades I have fought. In the beginning, I didn't know how or where. I fought the LAPD and took them to court. I fought the people with aspirations of destroying my son's legacy. In the end, you don't get tired of fighting if you know there will always be a fight for my younger generations. Keep fighting as I will until my last breath. Valletta Wallace is Biggie's mom. She's produced films about his life, which includes Notorious, Biggie, The Life of Notorious B.I.G., and now the latest Netflix documentary. 
documentary, Biggie, I Got a Story to Tell. In addition, she's also part of City of Lies featuring Johnny Depp and Forrest Whitaker detailing the investigation into her son's murder based on LAPD Detective Poole's tireless efforts to solve the case. So she's been working uh, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes for the past 24 years. And I know that has to be really difficult for her. But we commend you, Valletta Wallace, for working so tirelessly to make sure there's some sort of justice. Absolutely. And like Charlemagne and them said behind the scene, and you said behind the scene that, you know, they don't want to necessarily celebrate the day he died. They want to celebrate when he was born. Well, yeah, D-Rock said that on the Rap Radar podcast. Luke, my, my guy D-Rock, he said that a couple years ago on the Rap Radar podcast that he's never been big on celebrating March 9th. You know, he'd rather celebrate, you know, Biggie's May born 21st. Day. And I, and I totally, yeah, I totally understand. I totally understand that. You know what I mean? I agree too. Because reliving a day like today is super traumatic. Like it's really nothing to celebrate. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. All right. When we come back, we got the positive notice. The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, for the last two weeks, you voted in the How Can I Get On contest, and thousands of you let us know who makes it. All right. Now today's the day we found out who's getting the singles deal with Sparta Distribution. Ladies and gentlemen. As thousands of votes poured in, the winner is Zion from Houston, Texas. Congratulations. Woo, congrats, Zion. Now, we love hearing from the Breakfast Club community and helping someone's career grow and to help make their dreams come true. Now, Facebook's groups is a great place to continue to inspire your passions with the help of others. You can take on anything with Facebook groups more together. Now, Charlamagne, I know you wanted to do something special for Ghana, right? Oh, uh, man, listen, instead of a positive note, I want to play something that makes you feel good. I got to salute Ghana. Uh, this past weekend was Ghana Independence Day. So many great things you can say about Ghana, but Maya Angelou had a quote where she said, while the rest of the world has been improving technology, Ghana has been improving the quality of man's humanity to man. Damn, think about that. That's what I strive to do every day, improve the quality of man's humanity to man and woman but i want to show ghana some love this morning uh everybody in america from ghana my loved one six four uh he, he's from ghana and he has six a record four, got a record yeah he's got a record with an artist who's huge in ghana his name is medical and, and i posted this on my social media this weekend and and, and you know he was getting a, a lot of love so this song is called walking day park walking day park all right? It just makes you feel good, all right? So, salute to all my Ghana massive. Salute to my guy 6'4 and Matt Cow. <laughs> <laughs> 